It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. The question for today is, does God exist? The existence of a personal moral, powerful, loving God is fundamental to all that Christians believe. We believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. His resurrection is a miraculous act of God. The Bible is the Word of God, and Christ is the only way to God. But none of these can be true if there is no God. Further, if there is no moral God, then there is no moral being against whom we have sinned. Therefore, salvation is not needed. In Reflections on the Existence of God, the author Richard E. Simmons III says, The question of God's existence, in my opinion, is the most significant issue in all of life. As renowned French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal said, you're betting your eternal destiny that you are right. In 1952, Encyclopedia Britannica published a 55-volume series entitled the Great Books of the Western World. A second edition was published in 1990 in 60 volumes. The series presented the most important ideas that scholars had investigated over the course of recorded history. In the original series, the longest essay was on God. When Mortimer Adler, philosopher, author, and co-editor of the original series, was asked why the God section of the books was the largest section, he replied, It is because more consequences for life follow from that one issue than from any other. I believe Simmons and Adler's assessments are spot on. Yet their assessments are now resisted and have been resisted by people of great reputation. Skeptics like David Hume doubt that God exists. Agnostics like Immanuel Kant do not know if God exists, and atheists like Karl Marx, Charles Darwin, Friedrich Nietzsche, Sigmund Freud, Jean-Paul Sartre, Albert Camus, Bertrand Russell, Victor Stinger, Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, and Daniel Dennett openly and strongly deny that God exists. Many Buddhists are atheists. Most secular humanists 
all Marxists, 5% of, of Americans, 30% of English, 60% of Swedes, 80% of Russians are atheists. There is even a church for atheists known as Unitarian Universalists. Thus, in a broad sense of the word, all of these people are non-theists. People deny God's existence for many reasons, one of which is that they don't think there's enough evidence for his existence. That was Bertrand Russell's complaint. Others conclude they would be foolish to believe that God is out there, somewhere, watching over the world and them in particular. Maybe they prayed once and didn't get the answer they wanted, so they renounced God out of spite. The most common denial of God's existence comes about because of evil and suffering in the world. The problem of evil is the question of how can people reconcile the existence of evil with an all-powerful, all-good, all-knowing God. This is really an objection to Christian theism. But the problem of evil is like a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Some deny God because of evil and suffering, but in actuality, it gives evidence for God. Where do the atheists get the category of evil? To the Christian theist, good and evil have a point of reference, namely God, who is the moral lawgiver and the one who offers us forgiveness, grace, and restoration through his Son, Jesus Christ. But atheists cannot even justify the existence of good and evil without smuggling in morality. This is somewhat confusing because morality has its source in God. To put it succinctly, when you assert there is such a thing as evil, then you must assume there is such a thing as good because, in fact, evil is the absence of good. But then when you agree there is both good and evil, then you must grant there is a moral law by which you can distinguish between good and evil. Thus there must be a referent by which we can determine what is good and what is evil. When you assume a moral law, then you must posit a moral lawgiver because the questioner assumes the intrinsic worth of humanity in the very act of raising the question of evil. But that assumption does not come from either atheism, naturalism, materialism, secular humanism, or Marxism worldviews. But this moral lawgiver is precisely the one whom atheists are trying to disprove and not prove. There are, additionally, some who will grant that God may exist, but they refuse giving him authority over their lives. This is the attitude 
of apatheism. If you asked any of those who agree that God exists to explain what kind of God exists, you'll discover that not everyone who is a theist agrees on the nature of the God who exists. My task now will be to answer two main questions. Number one, what is the evidence that God exists? And number two, to which God does the evidence point? The answers to these questions are foundational. Because if there is no God, then there is no nature of God to distinguish from other gods. The Bible is not the Word of God. Christ is not the Son of God. And there are no miraculous acts of God. Therefore, Jesus, being only a human and not divine, did not die for our sins or rise from the dead. Indeed, all the tenets of the Christian faith would collapse if the God of the Bible does not exist. If the evidence supports a God other than the God of the Bible, then Christian believers have misplaced their trust. The message we preach to the world has lost the good news that God hates sin but loves the sinner. I will approach the question of God's existence like a detective seeking to solve a mystery. When a detective needs to determine whether someone was in a certain location, he will look for evidential clues such as fingerprints. Think about the trail of evidence you leave behind each day with your fingerprints. They mark everything you touch from the time you awake till bedtime, from every dish, light switch, door handle, or book, to your keyboard, steering wheel, cell phone, and toothbrush. Your fingerprints provide evidence of where you have been throughout the day. Seeking an answer to the question of God's existence, we look for whether God has left his fingerprints on the universe to show us that he has been there. God either is or is not, and most things affirm his existence rather than his non-existence. To resist that evidence is a willful choice, and you can change your mind by your own choice. There are only three possible answers to the question of God's existence. The atheist says no. The skeptic and agnostic say maybe. And the theist says yes. The theist affirms the reality of the divine on the basis of evidence and experience. The skeptic and agnostic find the question of God's existence either unanswered or unanswerable, and the atheist denies its reality. But even if the first two answers, maybe by skeptics and agnostics, and no by atheists, if these are refuted and the third option is true, 
there is still the problem of what kind of God exists. Is God personal or impersonal? Does he care for humanity or is he uncaring? Is he involved or totally uninvolved in the affairs of humanity? Is he intelligent and purposeful or merely a powerful force? The question is, do the evidential facts support belief in the Christian God? Can we demonstrate that the Abrahamic God of the Bible is there? Your worldview will determine your answer about what you believe about God. There are seven major worldviews. Theism says there is an infinite, personal, supernatural being who is all-powerful, all-intelligent, morally perfect creator of the world, who exists beyond the world and can intervene in it. Deism says there is a God, but one who does not intervene in the world. So deism believes in a creator God minus miracles. Finite Godism says a God exists, but one who is limited in power or perfection. Atheism says there is no God at all anywhere. Pantheism is the view that everything that exists is God. That is, God is the universe. There are several different expressions of pantheism. One view holds that God is a force that is in all things, like in the Star Wars movie. Another view sees God as the totality of everything. All is one and one is all. Many pantheists believe nature is just part of the whole. Others believe material reality is an illusion. But all pantheists believe God is impersonal. And since everything that exists is part of God, each human is part of God, a fragment of the divine whole. Because God is impersonal, our individual personhood is an illusion. When we die, we are absorbed into the impersonal whole. Panentheism says God has two poles, a potential pole beyond the world and an actual pole which is the world. Polytheism says there are many limited gods existing in the world. The ancient Greeks and Hindus believe in many deities. Mormons believe that any human can become God. Since all of these seven views oppose each other, they cannot all be true. I will show arguments and evidence that points toward theism being the only true worldview. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. 
And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.